Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. Be because Israel has cried out to me, I am with you. And because I'm with you, now you're not forsaken. Judges 6.15. So he said to him, Oh, my Lord. You see the difference in Lord now? It's a capital L. He's now calling him by a deity name rather than just a superior. The first time he called him Lord, it was a lowercase l, which would have been a different word for Lord, which would have been just a powerful guy. Now he's given him deity powers and his recognition. Oh, my Lord. How can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Whew, doggy, that's a tall order. (laughs) Now that Gideon realizes that this really is the Lord, the first thing he says is, I can't do it. I can't do it. You ever had somebody tell you to do something big? You go, I can't do it. Because you doubt yourself. You're not really sure what you're capable of doing yet. Maybe you lack confidence. I have been have all that. He says, I can't do it. I'm too small. But God loves the humble. I want you to think, when did God ever call a man who said, God, you're really going to want me because I'm just really good at this. I'm really good at this. You picked the right guy today, Lord. I'm going to do it. I don't think I remember too much of that going on. Moses, hey, I'm calling on you, Moses. I, I, I can't speak. I, I, I can't. I can't. Uh, that's the kind of guys God chooses. These men always voice their deficiencies and their faults, their lack of ability. Why do people do this? I did it. When God called me, I, I, can't, I can't talk. Why are you going to choose me? Let me tell you why. 1 Samuel 16 and 7. It says, The Lord does not see as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. We always run to our externals, the first thing we do. Everything that's out there. Gideon was so focused on his external circumstances. My clan is small. I'm small. He was so concentrated on the external that he did not realize that God was looking at Gideon's internal, at Gideon's heart. His humble heart. A man that's not humble is not going to be out there threshing wheat in a bad situation. A proud man is going to say, I'm too good for this. Forget it. It's hopeless. And he's going to quit. But Gideon's out there doing it. That's why the humble heart says, I can't. But then God says, but I can. And that's what he said to Gideon. I can. This calling is not based on Gideon, is what I'm trying to say. The calling's not based on Gideon. The Lord waited on Israel to cry out, and he told Gideon, I will be with you. Not go do your best, and we'll see what happens. I will be with you, he said. So this calling is not based on Gideon's power. It's based on the Lord's power. And guess what? God's calling on your life is not based on your power either. 
It's based on the Lord's power. When God has called you and you feel like, oh, not me, I can't, it's not based on you. Don't go run into all your externals. Well, I got all these problems going on. God's like, so what? I'm not looking there. Your ability to go and do what God has called you to do is activated by God, sustained by God, and powered by God, not by you. God will never call you to go and do something without first empowering you to do it. When God called me to ministry, like I said, I was like Gideon. (laughs) I had a bunch of instant reasons why I can't do it. I'm afraid of public speaking, God. I can't do it. I don't sound as eloquent as those other pastors out there. I'm not good enough. You know what? I'm not. And you're not good enough either. We're sinners. But God is good enough. That's what we got to remember. God, why me? I can't do it. That's when God says, well, of course you can't. But I can. And that's why I'm going to be with you. Hello. Guy logic. Here we go. I can't do it. God can. Something's getting done. There you go. He's going to be with him the entire time. Now, I want you to remember that when you consider God's call on your life, God has called you to something. When you consider God's call on your life, He's not basing it on you. He's basing it on Him. Judges 6.17, Then He said to him, If now I have found favor in your sight, here He goes, man logic, if this, then do that. Okay, thinking like a man. If now I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talk with me. Do not depart from here, I pray, until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. Now, when I first read this, it seems almost kind of wrong to ask for a sign because it almost seems like you're testing God in a way. I mean, that's just a thought that ran through my head. Gideon is aware that he's talking to the Lord because he's calling him by a Lord God deity name uh, when he called him Lord. But have you ever had something really big just hit you so hard that was so big you were kind of pinching yourself? Is this really happening? (laughs) Me and Anna did that the other day. We bought a new car. We're like, "Are, are we really doing this? We're driving home in it, and I'm going, did we just do this? You know, I mean, I'm in the car. Hello. And I'm still not getting it that we did this. He's pinching himself. It's, it's happening, but he can't quite grasp that it's happening. And so Gideon is about to begin a huge task that could endanger his life. And so he's looking for a pinch me sign to convince him. I remember when the Pharisees, they had asked Jesus for a sign. But Jesus said, no sign will be given. They were testing him. So how's this different? Well, first off, the Pharisees weren't called to save Israel. Second, the Pharisees were proud. They were doing evil. They weren't being humble like Gideon is. A very different way. Different situation. There's no way that a high and mighty Pharisee would ever stoop so low as to thresh wheat like Gideon was doing. That's why they're asking Jesus for a sign was wrong, but Gideon asking is okay. He's just being humble. He's not too proud to get his hands dirty for Israel's benefit. He's threshing wheat. And another thing we need to realize here about Gideon is that he's a man who is willing to do the tough work in a bad situation. That's exactly what God needs. And Gideon is here demonstrating this. He's threshing the wheat. He's doing that work. And God's like, you're doing exactly what I need of you. 
This is a night and day difference in Gideon's leadership style than what we have been seeing in the men in the last few chapters, where the men were not committing to their leadership roles that the Lord had expected them to lead Israel with. The men just weren't doing what God wanted of them. You ever have a lazy teenager? Get out of bed. Come on, get to work. There's stuff to do. That's kind of what God was dealing with out of the men. So now you got Gideon here. He's threshing wheat at a time when Israel's enemy is stealing and destroying everything. Finally, we have a man who refuses to back down. I'm excited about this. The past few chapters as a man kind of upset me because I don't like hearing about men taking it easy, letting the women do it. Men, get up. I think the reason that bothers me so much is our culture's doing this. Come on, men, let's lead. So now we got Gideon. I'm excited. It's like when Mr. T beat Rocky up and he came back for a rematch and then he beat him. Let's go. Come on, now we're back on again. (laughs) And this is why God called Gideon, you mighty man of valor. It's like you got a mighty man of valor this time. And so this is why the Lord is granting Gideon a sign rather than rebuking him for asking. Judges 6.19, so Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and he brought them out to him under the terebinth tree and presented them. Then the angel of God said to him, take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of his staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread, and fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread, and the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Whoa, mic drop. (laughs) So Gideon asked for a sign, and it was like, whoosh, here's your sign. (laughs) That was a big moment. Wow. You think Gideon is full throttle convinced now? I'd like to think I would be. Oh, yeah. So this offering that Gideon made, what's with this offering? He made it with meat and bread here. What is this? This was the cultural way that people would pay tribute to a superior back in that day. If you remember back in Judges 3... Ehud, remember he stabbed the king Eglin. He came to King Eglin with an offering. He wanted to make the king think that Ehud was trying to pay tribute to him when Ehud was really trying to get close enough to assassinate him for all the oppression that he had put on Israel. He came with this great tribute of offering. The king goes, oh, well, he really likes me. Come here. Stabbed him right in the gut. This is God's message for you, for what you've done to Israel. He brought a tribute. It was a traditional cultural way to pay tribute to a superior. And so we see this cultural tradition again with Gideon. He wants to present an offering to the Lord as tribute to a superior. It was the way they did it. And so the Lord burns up the offering by making flames come out of the rocks. Has anybody here ever seen fire come out of rocks before? No, you haven't. So neither has Gideon. He got his sign. Judges 6 and 22. Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. (laughs) You think? (laughs) That he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, 
For I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is peace. To this day, it is still an Ophrah for the Abyssalites. Now, I thought the Lord left, and he did. It said he departed, and he's like, whoa, I just saw the Lord. I just saw the Lord. And and the Lord spoke to him. He goes, peace be with you. It's like, dude, I can hear you, and you just left. Yeah, God has given him sign upon sign upon sign. Let me ask you a question. How many of you would love to have an encounter with God like this? I mean, look at all of what just happened. He's going to give me my time to process it out. I've got my doubts and my humanity. I'm going to express that, oh, I can't do it. I'm too small. He lets me run through all this stuff. Then he gives me assurance. I'm with you. You're going to do well. You're not going to die. Burns up the offering. You're like, wow, I've seen the Lord. Gideon is just dancing around. He can't contain himself. He's so excited. How many of you would love to have an experience like this? I mean, wouldn't it excite you to no end to encounter the Lord and be promised that you won't die? Guess what? You have had an experience like this. You have. Let me explain. If you are a believer in Messiah Jesus, that means the Lord came and chose you to a great calling. But He didn't call you when you were riding high in the saddle. Yeehaw! Everything's good. He didn't call you when everything was perfect and wonderful. He called you when you were in a low place when things weren't going well, when the enemy was stealing and destroying everything in your life. Things were being taken away from you. And he comes to you when you finally cried out to him in distress, just like Israel did. Guys, I don't really find it biblical that you can just go, "Eh, I think I'll just get saved today. Poof. It doesn't work like that. It comes from distress. It comes from the agony, the sorrow of being a sinner, and the damage that it does in your life. Godly sorrow brings repentance, which leads to salvation. That's the equation. Something has to happen to get you to this. There had to be pressure to get you to want to be saved. Don't think you're the only one in the room that went through it like this. We all did. And so God is going to send Gideon to be Israel's deliverer. God sent Jesus to be your deliverer. You've had this encounter. Maybe you didn't realize it. And so once you accepted Jesus, you personally encountered the Lord through His Holy Spirit, who gives you the same promise that He gave to Gideon. The Lord gives you this promise. Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Isn't that good? John eleven twenty six 26 says, And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I think that's a question I want to ask all of us. Do you really believe this? Because if you truly believe this, then you should be just as excited about your encounter with the Lord as Gideon was with his encounter with the Lord. If the Lord doesn't excite you, something's wrong. You need to be excited that the Lord has called you. Be excited about it. It should drive you to do the same thing that Gideon did, which is what? He built an altar. Gideon went and built an altar. You should be so excited. I am so excited that the Lord has saved me, that he says of of everyone, Ray, I got this for you to do. And he encountered me personally, 
and told me an assurance of promise, you're never going to die, you have eternal life. That makes me excited, so excited. I'm going to do like Gideon, build an altar. What is an altar? An altar is an elevated place where sacrifices are made. So how can you build an altar for sacrifices? Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore, by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. People that curse God's name, I wonder where their heart really is. Because what's in the well comes up with the bucket. And when they curse God's name, they're not thanking his name. Build an altar to the Lord God, for he has saved you. I'd like to encourage you to be attentive to God's call on your life. This is what Gideon's going through. He's being attentive to God's call. It's okay if you doubt me. I've got to process it. I've got to figure it out. Well, if this happened, then why is this going on? Well, why did this happen to me? Well, how come this is going on? God's trying to get you to a realization. You messed up somewhere. You did something wrong. It's called sin, and sin causes damage. If you're tired of damage, then start walking in righteousness of God and obedience. He's trying to get you to narrow it down to a conclusion like Gideon did. What must be because God forsook us because I guess we served other gods and the Lord turned to him. Okay, now you got it. God's waiting on you to process it out. God called you. Think about things. Why, God, why is this going on? And he'll help you get to that realization why things aren't going quite so good because he's going to ultimately come to say there's something wrong with how you have perceived me. If you'll give God his honor and praise his name, he'll work in your life and things will start happening. Don't let yourself fall into doubt because of all the external distresses. We all have external distresses going on. Like I said, when God called me to ministry, I did exactly what Gideon did. I freaked out because I based everything on my external problems. I'm scared of public speaking. I don't sound like other pastors do. If I quit my job to go into ministry, what if I can't pay the bills? All these things. I know that you have your own problems. Maybe they're financial. Maybe you've been hurt and you lack confidence because of the way people have treated you somewhere. Maybe you don't consider yourself to be very strong. Maybe you're not very high up on the social scale today. So what? God's not looking at that. External is not where the Lord is looking when He calls you. He's looking at your heart. When God calls you, don't go, all this stuff out there. God goes, I, I don't care. And he'll give you the time to process it out until you get down into here. Oh, it must be because I messed up. And God goes, uh-huh. Now the Lord turns to you. Now let's go do some, now let's go do some work. He waits for you to filter it down to the realization that maybe I messed up, and now we can do some work. That's when he turned to you. Friends, I want us to be just as excited about encountering God as Gideon was. But if salvation does not excite you, if salvation does not excite you into praising God with excitement, then I want you to know this. A possible reason why the Lord burned up Gideon's offering was to demonstrate Hebrews 12, 29, for our God is a consuming fire. This was written to warn the Israelites that they should have their worship with their God, with reverence and awe. 
Because God goes out before them to destroy their enemies, to consume their enemies. Remember when Israel was going through the sea, what happened? God closed the waters on their enemy and consumed them. God is a consuming, he is a consuming fire. Perhaps that's what Gideon saw. Perhaps that's what Gideon recognized when the Lord consumed the offering with fire, thinking, man, if God can destroy an offering like that, imagine what he can do with the Midianites. Maybe that's part of what got him so excited. Did you know that the Lord has the ability to consume your enemies? So don't worry about the externals. Worry about your heart. Get right with God and walk in His righteousness. I can imagine what boldness Gideon would have gotten from witnessing that offering getting burned up like that. Thinking, he can do this? Uh, Yeah, I shouldn't worry about what he's calling me to do. I want you to receive boldness from the Lord today, from this story. He told Gideon that he'd be with him. Matthew 28, Jesus says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. You've got the same promise. Friends, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then you have had this encounter with God, with a promise not to die. And that's something to get very excited about. Very excited. I think of it every day. If you have not made Jesus your Lord and you want to have this encounter with the Lord, then pray after me in agreement. Father God, I have sinned. I realize maybe the reason you have forsaken me is because I have cursed your name. I have sought other gods. I have pursued lies rather than your truth. I have never made you Lord. And it's time for me to realize the problem is my sin. Forgive me, Father. I am too small to do anything about it myself. I am incapable. I am powerless. I have absolutely nothing that I can do about it. And so, Lord, all that, re- that brings me to trusting you completely. And so, I let it all go. I never had control of my mess anyway. I let it go. Whatever happens, happens. Your Lord, you have the power to consume my enemies. You also have the power to provide me with everything I need. And so, Lord, whatever I feel like I'm lacking, I know you can give it to me if you need to. Lord, thank you for giving me eternal life. Now, Lord, for my external situations, I'll let you deal with that, Lord God, because I can't do anything about it much anyway. Lord, I couldn't do anything about my internal, so thank you for looking into my heart. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for doing it all. I give you my life. That means I give you all of it. Lord, if I don't give you all of my life, I have not given myself to you at all all or nothing. Thank you, Lord God. Take it and make me new. I don't like what my own actions have brought me. You are my Lord, and I thank you for it eternally. I give thanks to your name. That is my sacrifice to you, Lord God. That is my altar that I build to you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that for the first time, if you're on the radio watching me through the video, contact information is right in front of you. Send me a message or something. Let's do the what now follow-up stuff. I want to talk to you about equipping you so that you can do better in walking in the righteousness of Christ. We've got a wicked world out there to walk in. We've got to have, we've got to have the equipping of the Lord God. Thank you. 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.